Welcome to another episode of Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. I am your host, Lyle Walker. On the episode or the podcast with me today is Kyle Seacrest. Hello. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's a it's a good day. Pleasure to be here. That's right. It's kind of exciting. You know, I was thinking about this. Is um, I didn't plan this, but uh, your Brittany was the first episode of season two mm. we had back in like February, and then just because of the way our schedules worked, you ended up being the final episode, season two, mm. episode eight. You know, they say sometimes that you save the best. That's right. For best last. for last. Bookends, right? The Seacrest, <laughs> hitting it up, right? Hey. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the episode, I have to do like the podcast thing, which is, I don't know how you heard about Red Hill Stories. Maybe you just like were on iTunes. You're like, what is this thing? Or somebody shared a post. Um, if you would, right? So you can do a couple of different things. One, you can go back to redhillschurch.com slash stories. And you can find all of our other episodes, season one and two. Uh, we, we shoot for about eight episodes per season. Um, and then we also, you could go to Spotify or iTunes. And it's always really helpful if people give us that like or share, or whatever it is, a, a review. It just kind of helps um, in the algorithm. You know, everything yeah. these days is about smash like, that button. That, that smash that button, hit that share like. Uh, yeah, it's all about that algorithm. Um, but beyond that, like, um, we always, we were talking about this before we started, like, why do we do this podcast? What's the purpose of it? Cause there's right. tons of like, most churches have some sort of a podcast, right? Some right. sort of like whatever. And I was motivated to do this several years ago because I was hearing all these stories about how Jesus has changed people's lives out of the congregation. And I was like, man, people need to hear these stories, right? These are really powerful because everybody has a different experience. I have now interviewed like 20 people on this thing. And nobody's story has been the same. Yeah. There's been some similarities, right? But for the most part, every story has been very unique. That's so awesome. um, I want everybody to give an opportunity to talk about what Jesus has done in their life. Because yeah. if you're listening to this episode or another one and you're sitting in your car and you feel like you're alone because you've gone through this very specific thing, right? And you find out that, wow, there's other people who've walked through what I've walked through. Right. It's encouraging. Right. It's an encouragement. Yeah. Um, and you can hear how Jesus has transformed lives and he's gotten into the, our mess and, and has done so much to pull us out of the muck and mire. Um, so on top of that, right, there's also the advantage of if you attend Red Hills and you're listening to this podcast, you may see people walking down the hallway and we have this thing. It's like, you see somebody at church, you kind of think their life isn't, has always been together. Right. right? And I love how this breaks down that barrier. It's right. like, okay. Like they're human too. Oh, they're human too. Okay. Right. I thought I was the only perfect person. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely breaks that down. And, and I think I've, I've heard it in conversations where people have kind of clicked because of those backgrounds hearing, you know, oh, you've been through what I've been through. And it opened up a, an op, a opportunity at church to, to grow a relationship outside of just the, you know, how you doing. Right. How's life? Right. Kind of Surface talk. That's right. So that's why we do the podcast, and I, I really love doing it. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you're part of Red Hills Church and you want to be interviewed, hit me up. Like, go on Slack. If you're listening to Red Hills, you know – if you're from Red Hills, you know what that means. Um, or email me, uh, and I'd love to sit down and have a conversation. That's what this is about, yeah. right? And if you're not from Red Hills, come check us out. That's right. 
come to Red Hills. I don't typically plug us, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're in Tallahassee or the surrounding area like, and you don't have a church home, yeah. go to our website, check out some of our messages. They're all online. Go to iTunes. You can listen to them, podcast, and they're even on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and then come, yeah, we're over at the Northside Center off of Bradfordville. On the northeast side of town. Yep. Meridian, yeah. Um, services at 10, Sundays. Come on out. <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> All right, Kyle. So we always do this, too. This is a nice little icebreaker. gets us into the the flow of conversation. Yeah. Um, I always like to ask somebody what's something that if they were to know you, they see you at church, and they're like, oh, I know Kyle. But they really don't know Kyle. What's something about you that nobody really knows? Well, I thought about this, and... Um, I guess my one fascinating fact or something that is cool is so when I was seven, me and my brother were playing with a uh, Power Ranger belt and it had a little metal green Power Ranger head on it and he let it go, smacked me in the eye, Mm. um, caused a pretty serious laceration. I formed a cataract in my left eye and then I became the youngest patient in Florida to ever have cataract surgery performed on him. Boom. And so then now I have a, a glass lens in my left eye. And if, really? if the light hits it right, it'll actually kind of shine. I'm looking at it now. At I don't you. see it. I don't see it. Yeah, it looks normal, <laughs> but it'll pop from here from time really? to time. Yeah. My buddies, they always used to mess with me. It would be a Kyle with his glass eye. Glass eye, Kyle. <laughs> that's right. I don't have a glass eye. It's real. Okay. There's just a glass lens, but. So you're in the Florida Guinness Book World yep. Records. Youngest patient ever. Cataracts are typically reserved for... The old, the, the older folk. Right. Right. I was going to say elderly, but that may be offensive to some people. Who right. Think, well, right. and define elderly. You right. Know. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be an ageist, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I normally have something to come back when I'm like, oh, I have a link to a, you know, to the, to the story. You know, yeah. Fear of something. Because I have, for whatever reason, the fear of roaches. Are and, you fear of the green power range no i just have perfect eyesight like this is one of those things it's just like i've always had 20 20 vision don't have any like problem reading seeing and i'm I'm 40 years old hopefully that that lasts for a while but that's awesome yeah i mean well what's crazy i'll say this just and we can get into the other stuff but because my left eye became weak my mm. right eye compensated. And so today, mm. like, I have 2015 vision in my really? right eye, which is something I never heard of. Yeah. It actually made my right eye stronger. Ooh, that's spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, we can so, get that. Come that's on, somebody. Better preach. <laughs> right. Come on, somebody. No, that, I guess probably the closest thing that's probably when I was probably about the same age as you, I ran through a glass door. Mm. Because How'd that feel? I don't remember the feeling of running through the door, right? It's like one of those, like, I was pushed by my sister and I'm doing quotation marks and I ran very dramatically through the house, my grandmother's home and she had a sliding glass door in her back off of her back of the house. And I ran just straight through it. Like, Oh my gosh. Like and it crumbled and I, they found me like swinging, like hunched over the swing set. I was just like swinging bleeding. back and forth. Yeah. Bleeding. Yeah. And I, if you can see, you can see, you know, you're not, we're not videoing, but I have a, I have a scar on the front of my forehead. That's about, I don't know, maybe two and a half inches long. Okay. And I've actually never noticed. Yeah, it, at, at this point, you know, thirty-five years later, whatever it is, it's kind of it's pretty much gone. Um, I had a piece of glass stuck in my eye, and uh, yeah, then like for years after that, my grandmother would put like a huge X in tape on the door, so you the, could see it. Yeah, uh, but it's always become like a, a family like story about how hard was I pushed, 
was did my sister really push me? How dramatic was I being at right. seven? You know, kind of a thing. I always say she pushed me very hard. Well, I think that's just a story of uh, commitment, right? On your end. I mean, I mean, you really point, sold. I had that to push. I had to. Yeah. Because I ran through a glass. How dare she? That's right. I ran through a glass <laughs> door. I'm not taking blame for that. No, that's my sister's fault. Yeah. She's bigger than me, right? Clearly and stronger. Right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Not anymore. No, we'll see. Just kidding. All right. So that's that's that. Let's get into the point of the podcast, the story part. So, uh, Mr. So- Mr. Style, Mr. Kyle Seacrest, what is your story? Well, following the forum that I have in front of well, me. Where, like, where did you grow up? No, like, where no. were you from? So, uh, you know, I was born in Fort Myers. I'm a Florida boy, born and raised. Uh at the age of seven, I moved to a little place called Milton, Florida, which is right outside of Pensacola. And that is where, you know, where I really would count my growing up. I don't remember Fort Myers all that much, um, but old Milton, uh, born and bred. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was raised there with, I lived with my mom and a younger brother. Okay. So I would say, you know, my, my formative years, I guess my early life, I, we're going all the way back, right? Yeah, go as far as you want. I mean, what was your family like growing up? You had a brother, you had a mom. What was that dynamic like? Uh, so my my dad, I'll, I'll speak to that because that played, you know, obviously a role. My dad was an addict mm. and was in and out of my life. Uh, you know, it, it kind of, and that whole story plays out for itself. But, you know, he... In and out, and then we actually reconnected when I was 14, and he had gotten sober, and he was really trying, and um, then he was hit by a car when I was 16, and so, you know, never got to develop that relationship. So, like, hit by a car and is no longer with us? Correct. Okay. Correct. Actually, it's a pretty gruesome story. He was hit (laughs) by a car. This poor old lady walking across the street. She didn't see him. Uh, He broke his neck, and supposedly his broke neck ended up in her lap. Oh dear God! And oh, yeah, uh, it, it, that's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's sorry, listeners. Okay, right. But it was pretty gruesome. And oh but anyways, it, it's sad. And but I didn't get you know I didn't see it or whatever. Right, right, so I'm right, not right, like right. traumatized by it. But that poor lady probably is. But oh my gosh. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Sorry. Uh, my, trail. My mom. Um, and and we'll kind of get into this in just a second. Like I want to preface this with, I absolutely love my mom mm-hmm. and. She might listen to this podcast. Right, that's right. That's right. You know, so I want to be careful on what I say. And um, my mom, I'll tell you this: she never abandoned us, mm. and she never left. Mm. And that I give her all the credit in the world because my dad did. Mm. And so my mom was stuck with two boys to raise all by herself, and that's tough in itself. Yeah. Um. My, <laughs> I have a pretty unique testimony when it comes to this and, and we'll kind of get into, I guess, the spiritual side of my upbringing, right? Yeah, yeah. I was not raised in a church. Okay. Um, my mother is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there's a, there's a, oh, I'm just going to be blunt. She's very naive. Okay. And she's very... Um, misled. And so at a very young age, my mother started practicing Wicca. Mm. And I remember having this mentality about 
um, the Wiccan church that there was good evil or good magic and bad magic. Right. Right. And so all these people um, portrayed themselves as they were practicing white magic, that they were <laughs> making the world better because their spirits were good and whatever. But, you know, it's just so crazy because at the age of like 12 and 13, when I finally started to have another standard to base my upbringing on, right. like I didn't, I guess I didn't ever realize like the kind of upbringing that I was really in. Right. Right. Yeah. And so man, to, to the, the cold heart facts are is dude, I was born into absolute poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody on my street lived in a trailer. Yeah. Uh, everybody was what, I mean, not that living in a trailer means you're poor, but just that. But no, they were not good people. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, you know, drugs are rampant and just the, the mentality that comes with all of that kind of living. And, and no, listen, there's some nice trailers out there. That's right. That's right. Don't don't get me wrong. And I don't stereotype anybody. But if there was a stereotype, that is the environment that mm. I was born into. Yeah. And. Um, so I remember like my mom bringing us to a Wiccan church Mm. with like a literal priest who was a declared sorcerer who also happened to be living with two other men in a polygamous relationship. That was the priest that I, this, so this is like the, the, this is your spiritual, right? Right. Mm. This is my male, uh, influence or my Mm. leader. And so it's just. Man, I, I, you know, and I, I that's, I, I don't share that a lot because like yeah. people don't get that. That's so weird. Um, but I'll get into this later in the story, yeah. but man, what it did is it showed when I finally came to the knowledge of who Jesus was, right, right. like I can understand spiritual things a lot more than other people can, you know, when the, the severity of what tarot cards really mean or this new age stuff, it, I think that God allowed me to go through those things because now I have um, context, context. And I'm able to speak, especially to this new age movement that's going on. Yeah. It's all backed with the same Wiccan pagan Mm -hmm. principles. And so, you know, my mom through the seasons, we went through all of it. So we left the Wiccan church and then we did the native American thing. (laughs) And then we did the, uh, you know, eventually Hinduism. So she was searching, like there was something inside of her that was like, there's a bigger meaning to this thing that's called life. I don't know what it is, right? but I'm searching. Right. Hmm. And it also gave me context for how people can think that, you know, these are good people, these Hindus, or these mm. are, yeah. you know, it's kind of sad because you look at them and they're like, man, they're, they're, they're not out there being devil worshipers. Right, they're right. just lost. Mm-hmm. Bad, good. These are terms that we like to use. Right. Um, and it's like, what does it mean to be a good person? Well, that's a huge spectrum, right? Because right. what is good to one person, depending on what you, where you fall, either politically or like in religion, right, can mean many different things, right? Well, and, and so I'll, I'll add to that. So, okay, when I started actually reading the Bible, God confronted me on so many hard things because homosexuality. Mm. I knew gay people my mom hung out with gay people so Mm. my mentality of them is they are good there's Mm. nothing wrong with them right then i read the bible that's clear about this thing Mm -hmm. and anyways there was just so many things that got confronted in my worldview 
And so it was like a decision. Like, right. am I going to believe what I feel or am I going to believe what the Bible says? And that took some time. That mm-hmm. really took some time for me to accept and see that God's ways are higher. Right. He didn't intend for us to live this way. And also to have sympathy on, okay, how did this happen? How did yeah. those people get to there? And, yeah, but even on that, that topic, like to apply it as an example, we call that, you know, someone would say, well, they're a good person. Well, yeah, did they break the law? Do they, are they harmful to other people? Do they, do they you know, steal? Do they right. cheat? Do they, you know, what are the bad things in society that we would determine as good and bad? But then when you apply anyone's life, whether homosexual or not, to what the Bible standards are, what is good and bad. Absolutely. Then there's a whole other discussion to be had there because really, in essence, we're all bad if you want to look at it through that lens. Right. And the only thing that makes us good is Jesus. And so I totally hear what you're saying. It's like when you look back and you've been influenced by something and you're like, well, good person means that means they're going to heaven or whatever it is. That's a tough hill to get over and a huge obstacle in the way because then you have to redefine what does that mean what is good from our humanistic ways but also what does good mean when it spiritually in a a biblical sense so and in that whole pagan realm i started to notice and this is much later in life i reflected back paganism in my Mm. opinion all it is is foundationally self-gratification whatever promotes Mm. self sensually, uh, physically, mentally, whatever makes you feel better Mm -hmm. um, is okay. And that is defined as good. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because um, I'm going to get back to my story. So that's my my upbringing, okay? But here's the thing. I believe that for my entire life, God has had a special hand on my mind, on my heart, and I really look back and just see him protecting me even at a young age because I would hang around these people and I would talk about these things and all this kind of stuff and be influenced by those kinds of people. However, always I remember there was this check in my spirit. There was something inside of me saying, hey, this is not truth. Mm. This isn't really what it's meant to be. Um, this is deceived or, or covered. You know, I don't know how to explain it, but there's just this always a net feeling. However... Um, so growing up, uh, I was kind of smart. Okay. Okay. Right. When it came to academics, right, right. I'll say that I had no common sense whatsoever, <laughs> but I, I was very blessed, um, academically. So because I grew up in that poverty lifestyle, I knew that books were going to be my way out. And so mm-hmm. I really applied myself there and all the way through high school, um, just really gave myself wholly to everything school. SGA, I was the president of the Thespian Club. That's something most people don't know about me. Uh, You know, I was in plays and I loved acting and and I had like a 3.9 or 3.8 GPA. And this thing happened, man, I, I got this full ride scholarship, Take Stock in Children. And it was just a blessing. I mean, there's no way to pay for college, right? So I, you know, who knows what would have happened, but because of my academics, I, I got this scholarship and that became an idol for me. Mm. Oh my gosh. I, and so I picked uh, university of Florida, had it all set up, go Gators. <laughs> I was going to go there. Um, and I kind of just rode that high for a while. Um, until about 11th grade. Okay. 
All right. And so again, with that influence of self gratification, you know, I had this sense that, um, I could just fly by my coattails essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started these decisions that I had that were self gratifying. I, I started hanging around the wrong people, mm. uh, kind of getting roughed up in the wrong crowds. And ultimately I had an incident that happened. Um, it was actually shortly after my dad died. Uh, I made some stupid decisions and me and some boys did some things that we shouldn't have done. And, uh, ultimately I lost that scholarship. Um, the two things where you had to keep a GPA above a 3.4 and you had to have absolutely no run-ins with the law whatsoever. Mm. Like and, a merit-based scholarship. Almost. Correct. Mm. And so in 11th grade, I lost, it was the, I was almost in my, I was about to be a senior. It was mm. actually that summer and I got a call and they said, you know, we can't overlook this. I'm sorry, Kyle, but we're revoking the scholarship. Mm. And she down off, off the hill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't want to focus on all that crap, but what that led into was addiction. Mm. I started partying. I, I leveraged all of my, for all the reasons that people liked me for whatever reason, okay, mm. my um, charisma and my popularity, I took all of that that was good mm. and I leveraged it. So... I started partying. I started being promiscuous. I started just whatever, anything that felt good to self, which ultimately what I, what was I doing? Right. right I was just numbing the pain. Cause you had, so you had just to clarify, you had no, you had no concept of God, Christianity. Oh dude, I was a devout atheist. Okay. I could tell you every single reason why Jesus was a fraud. It's mm. funny how atheists do that. Yeah. They don't discredit any other religion as much as they hold on to the fact that they can discredit Christianity. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? No, I mean, it's true. I mean, they, I mean, they discredit other ones, but there is definitely a rarely attack. ever. Do you hear atheists go, let me tell you why, why, why Hinduism. Or, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, I but Christianity boy, listen, I could, I can tell you, uh, you know, Osiris was born of a virgin. How did that happen? He came before Jesus. I had all these facts, all this knowledge to tell, just so ignorant. hill but cliff and you're just downward spiral whatever you want to call it there's nothing because a lot of people i've interviewed it's like they had this experience with god at a young age right because their parents took them to church so that's the thing that kind of guided them through those darkest hours was because they had at least some knowledge of jesus like they couldn't completely walk away because they were like well my parents took me to church and i've heard those stories so i know kind of like the prodigal son i know my dad's at home i can run to him right right in your mind there was nothing to run to right so you kind of are on your left to your own devices at that point i'll tell you this i have yes all of that is true no context of who jesus was no um I had never met a real Christian or got to be around 
Christians, but I have this very one vivid memory that mm-hmm. always like messed with me, even in me being this like devout atheist, this always in my heart, I knew didn't sit right. And that was when I was 12 years old, there was this little country church down the road from where I lived. And that church was called Hickory Hammock Baptist church. It's a great name. Hickory Hammock Baptist. <laughs> this memory has stuck with me my entire life. And it's just so vivid that I know that it was God. Mm -hmm. Um, I was leaving a friend's house. My mom, it was Sunday. We were leaving somewhere and I looked down the road and I could see the church and I could see the, the Christians walking across leaving and they were all dressed up. And it just, that memory, Hmm. I at 12 years old looked across to them and everything in my spirit said, I want to be there. Mm. that's light mm. like that. I, I can't explain it. Right. No, it was like in yeah. that moment, it downloaded to me like, man, that's family. That's home. Okay. So then now fast forward. I luckily I still go to college. I went to Pensacola state. Yeah. I graduated there. Um, and then, but I'm still partying and, and living it up. Whatever. Right. Right. Went to Ohio for a little bit to hmm. get away from my addiction. Okay. Um, how how much details do you want? I mean, you can go as far as you want. Like addiction meaning? Uh, I was addicted to pills. Okay. Prescription painkillers, right? right. So this- I left Milton to get away from those. I, it had gotten real, real bad. I couldn't control it anymore. So I went to Ohio, yeah. the heroin capital of the hmm. United States, um, and just found... <laughs> Worse, right? Worse. Right, right, right. Um, stayed there for about a year and a half. Life spiraled out of control once again um, and came back to Milton. Now, at that point, I actually, um, I went to the doctor and I got on this thing called Suboxone. It was brand new at the time and it was to help you. And it actually did. It really did help me for a little while. Um, and so I went on this Suboxone regimen and just in my own strength, I started working again and all that. But, but deep down, I never had really dealt with my heart issues. Right. The fact that I still love to party. And so I was on Suboxone, but I was also going out on the weekends. Um, and so what, st- is, what did Suboxone do for context? Because what's funny is I've watched that TV show, The Dope Sick, and they talk about that drug in helping people who are addicted to a pain pill. Yeah. Um, how does Suboxone help? Like... So Suboxone is two elements. It's buprenorphine and naloxone. Buprenorphine inhibits the opiate receptors. So essentially it does the same thing that your Percocets, Loratabs, heroin, anything that makes the opiate receptor in your brain ding right. is classified as a painkiller. Mm-hmm. Okay, So buprenorphine does that same thing. And then the naloxone blocks any other drug or substance from hitting the opiate receptor. So like what it does is it blocks you from you. Like yeah. if you take Suboxone, you can't take Percocets and get and feel them anymore. Mm. It blocks you mentally. So, so even if you were to take the drug of choice, you would not get the same you wouldn't high. Feel it. Yeah. You Correct. wouldn't feel it. And okay. actually just the reverse, it makes you sick. Mm. It sends you into automatic withdrawal. So then you kind of have this built in fear. Like, Hey, I can't take that. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. However, Suboxone is very addictive. Yeah, right. It has its own addictive. Very addictive. Yeah. Just like methadone, just like everything that 
the the medical community has tried to push on people to get off of a substance. Right. It's all addictive. Here's this thing you're addicted to. Now take this thing. Let me give you get, another thing. I think you're addicted to. <laughs> um, but you said you were still going out on the weekends, right? Yeah, man. Still going out on the weekends. What am I, like 24, 23, 22, 23 at this point. Um, you know, just very young still. You mm-hmm. know, 23, I look back, I'm 30 now, and golly, man. It's crazy because I look back on when I'm like 25 and like look at a little boy. So I think the same. I bet you when I'm 35, I'm going to look back. Absolutely. You do. Yeah. And yeah. go like, gosh, I was an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. But I try, anyway. I try to tell these 19-year-olds that I'm talking to at the church, I'm like, you're going to look back at your life and think, oh, how I was an idiot at 19. Yeah. And then I just realized, well, I just kind of, I just said that they're idiots now. I kind of felt bad. But, I mean, it's true. Like, on some level, it's like. Right, but then you got, like, people that are 60 looking at us like. We're little kids. Right. Right? It's like the call don't me know anything. young man. I'm like, I'm 40. But okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Because there'll be a day when I'm not young anymore. I get it. Um. So, yeah, keep the story going. Uh, I, I eventually meet a girl and I settle down. Mm. Okay. Um, I have a child. And at this point. I really start to ask myself some hard questions. Mm. It's crazy how a child will do that. Yeah. And I, I started looking at my life and I'm like, man, Kyle, what if you died tomorrow? Mm. What would people say about you? Um, what would your legacy be? You know, because of all those things that like the way I think about my dad I could not deal with Kylie thinking that way Mm. about me. And I don't want her to go through that. Like, oh, my dad overdosed or, oh, my dad's a deadbeat. Like, I don't want her to have to go through that and then doubting herself. And so all those thoughts encompassing um, led me to a crisis moment of Mm. like, holy cow, I really, I got to do something different. Right. The whole time God's working. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you go through stuff and you don't see his hand until after the fact. But this whole time, this crisis mode, this self-introspection, all of it was him yeah. calling me to himself. So I get this new job at Napa and I'm just like showing this immense favor in this job. And I go from working in the warehouse to being warehouse manager to front desk sales to outside sales to district sales manager all wow. within a year. Wow. And so... I start kind of getting these connections in the community and, and, um, my boss and his entire family who also happens to be the family of the lady that I'm dating, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we, they all go to church and they want me to go to church. It's the right thing to do. Right. 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 And, and that's where all my connection, my business owners, they all go to church. So I go to this. And what's funny is my boss, Scott, he goes to a church called Hickory hammock. Baptist church. Mm. And so I'm 25. Yeah. And I go to HHBC. The same church. The same exact church. Wow. And uh, I think it was either the third or fourth time I went. And listen, I don't want to plug the pastor there, but he's the real deal. No. He's the real deal. Um, and he's preaching one day and in a moment, uh, it was August 23rd, 2015. Wow. And I'm sitting there. Um, I am surrounded. You gotta, you gotta understand the context here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by my boss, 
my uh, my wife at the time, my wife's mother, my wife's grandmother, right. uh, business owners. That, that's who's sitting in the pews next to me. And I'm sitting there and the a thousand pound weight mm. came upon my chest. And in a moment, I feel like this veil was just lifted. And I seen all of my ugliness mm. and I start bawling. <laughs> I start weeping. Wow. Um, listen, check this out. I remember it was all to Jesus. I surrender. Praise the Lord for the Baptist doing an That's altar right. call. Yep. There's well, nothing more beautiful. They got, so, you know, they got that part down. They got it down. That's right. And she's on the piano and all to Jesus. <laughs> I can't sing, but I, I just start weeping mm. and I didn't care who was around. I pushed past my boss. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> pushed through the pews and I, I just had to, you know, they, yeah. they were like, does anybody want to accept Christ in their heart today? And I didn't care who was watching and I, I freaking ran down wow. there. Do you even remember the sermon? Like, do you remember what he was preaching? Not on? at all. That's amazing. Cause that's like, that's, I remember the song in the moment, but not the sermon. That's so incredible because I can't remember what the guy was preaching on when I accepted Jesus. And that's perfect. It's not like you have to, but my thought was like, that's how, that's, that's how, you know, like the spirit like initiated that moment. Yeah. Right. That like you were in the room, you heard the gospel preached, the spirit moved and that's what broke you. It yeah. wasn't some like, like it wasn't words. Yeah. It wasn't words. Right. It wasn't like, by a moment, like somebody like pressuring you or you felt like they were drawing you in with, with fancy lights or music. It was a probably an old lady on a simple mm -hmm. piano singing an old hymn. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the spirit was like, gotcha. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got saved, mm. went down there. Um, just so crazy that it was hickory hammock no so no, crazy absolutely uh accepted jesus in my heart that day and then starts now let's go from 2015 to now right i am about it for the first three months i am going to men's bible studies fellowship wednesday church sunday church i found this new thing this mm. treasure um but very young and naive and gaslighted out essentially. So right. I, I do, I, you know, I'm seeking him. I'm, I'm trying this discipleship thing and it lasted all of about three months Yeah, and just slowly, but surely like life happens, no roots, the cares yeah. of this world, they start creeping in, um, work got in the way, tired on Sunday, yada, yada, yada. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't like your, that moment at the altar was fake. It wasn't like, no. it was just, something hadn't clicked, I guess, or, you know, you can go on to the story, but I, you know, when people hear things like this, well, there, there's a, there's a unfortunate reaction. Well, then that salvation moment wasn't real. No, no, that's like, not true. No, no, no. See God. And that's the beautiful thing. God doesn't wait for us to be all cleaned up. Right. The fact of the matter was, is looking back now, dude, I was a pagan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I yeah. had so my thought process, my worldview, mm. um, Dude, I was literally, and I don't want to like, I want to be careful with my words, but I'll say this. I had a victim mentality. 
Mm. All these things that happened to me are not yep. my fault. And, and I deserve something. I deserve uh, these free things. Right. I had a welfare mentality. Okay. Mm. Um, and in a moment's notice, like all that stuff got flipped on its head. Mm. Hey, the way you think about life, all of it's fake. None mm. of it's true. And I'm like, what? How am I supposed to deal with that? Right? How am I supposed to deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and, and here's another thing, man. When you are translated from the kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. into the kingdom of light. Um, so I say that three months. And then that's to set up for the next eight months where the darkest time in my mm. entire life. And I, and I believe that I was translated and I had a mark put on my back. Mm. I was never before, you know, I feel like the enemy was okay with me just chilling, being on yeah. the sidelines. Like I didn't have any knowledge of the truth. I'm not doing anything for God's king. But the moment that I questioned him, he's mm-hmm. been my master my whole life. Yeah. The moment I question him and I say, no, that's not, I'm going to turn away from that. I'm going to repent from that. I just feel like, you know, the kingdom of darkness did not like that. And so for the next eight months of my life, like it got so dark. I went back into my addiction I found a, a new drug, mm. took off to the races with that. Um, and anyways, within eight months, my entire life crumbled. I was kicked out of my, my house. I lost my job. I had gotten arrested. And boom, 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 boom. Was there one moment, was there a catalyst that was like, things were going well, three months in, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm in this thing to win it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then it was like, this happened and this led me down this path. Or was it just like... It was a slow fade. Okay. Slow fade. It started with, you know, the commitments that I had previously made. Those started to fade away. Mm. My devotion to him started to fade away. Um, Like I said, you know, Sundays, I would go to Sunday morning church, but man, I used to want to go Sunday night and then uh, I just want to stay home and watch football and all these little things started happening. And then it, when the temptation come came, you Mm -hmm. know, at work, this new connection where I could get the, the, the drug that I used to like to do, like that came out of nowhere and I didn't even see it for what it was. And I Mm -hmm. thought I could control it. So I'm just going to do a little bit and I'm just going to, you know, nobody's going to know. And that's what, here's the thing for so many years, man, I was a functioning addict. Mm -hmm. And, and that's another thing that I say about my life is that, um, because I'll set this up because I eventually went to Teen Challenge. Um, my entire life, I was the kid with potential. And I was always given second and third and fourth chances because how can you not like me? Yeah. Like when I get in trouble, I'm like, re- re- I'm genuinely remorseful. Mm-hmm. Yep. But guess what? I do the same thing yep. over and over again. But then I'm genuinely remorseful. So like people are, it's hard to deal with. Like when someone's being hard headed and saying like, oh, screw you you know, then it's easy to be hard on them. But when they're like, oh my gosh, please forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, then you get another chance That's right. and you yeah. get another chance and you get another chance. I mean, alligator tears will get you through a lot. Yes. Right. It's manipulation. That's right. That's what exactly what it is. After that eight month period, eventually, uh, it's my remember God's hands on my life and what he allowed me to see for the first time in my life, because I worked under this gentleman named Scott. He was my direct boss. I worked under him for 
a year and a half, but I knew him for almost two and a half years. Okay. And what I got to see for the very first time in my life was a godly man Mm. that changed me just him. I I have this memory too. One day I'm at his house and he opens his Bible and starts reading. I was like, you read your Bible. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I was like, you read your Bible. He's like, and then he shows me, yeah, man, like the Lord wants us to do that. We're supposed to read this because it combats, you know, this is what I'm being fed with. And anyways, he took those moments and really taught me. And just so anyways, God's hand was, he was changing my mind. He was changing me from the inside just by Scott living his life in front of me. I got to see a better way. Wow. So then Scott, when I'm, dead in my addiction. He fires me. And then he says, I love you and I want you to get help. And there's this place that I volunteer at called teen challenge. Mm. And so then man, by the grace of God, I'm dead set on going there. And eventually, you know, I, I do go there. I go to Pensacola and again, three months was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy, but I don't want to get into it. I get kicked out of Pensacola. (laughs) All right. Um, and this was the beautiful thing. Teen challenge didn't play no games with me for the first time in my life. Somebody stood up to that little smile kid with that's right. Get get over in two or three, four chances. That's right. Yeah. Zero chances. Yeah. I got kicked out for taking a dollar 50 and buying a Sprite. Praise Mm. the Lord. They were not playing any games. You and they, they just understood like you've had all these chances. That's why you're here. Yeah. And so, um, I eventually make my way to Tallahassee Teen Challenge. They said that I I got kicked out, but then they said I could reapply in 30 days. Mm. I get out, start using immediately. Right. Immediately, just broken, alone, just terrible. 20 days later, I call Tallahassee. I'm like, listen, they told me to wait 30, but I can't wait. Like, I'm I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm so done with doing things my way. And they were like, come on, get on a bus and get here. Hmm. So uh, I make it to Tallahassee. Um, But here's the thing. Egypt was all up in me. Right. I was about to say, he's like, you really weren't done. Heck no. (laughs) I was, listen. (laughs) Oh, man. And and so this is what's cool, too. And I think I'll interject this later. But you, Mm -hmm. Mr. Lyle. Mm Mm-hmm. Have kind of watched me, yeah. Uh, mature as a man, and um, it's just it, it's so awesome to me that in 2017 you knew me, and now 2020. Well, because for context, I was volunteering at Teen Challenge, at Teen Challenge. Um, doing Bible studies on like Wednesdays. I come out and speak every once in a while, and you mm-hmm. were, I think, you were part of the program when I first came out. Came out, and then like you ran, you can tell that part, but yeah, I got to know you as just being a part of, of, right. of that environment. Right. Um, Marshall, he, yep. he would come out and That's he right. would preach, um, to the guys. It's funny. He told me that, uh, he remembered when I was a student, I guess I came up to him and he said, how are you? And basically my response was, I'm fine. It's everybody else in this program. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> that is the most Kyle <laughs> answer. That is fantastic. Oh man. So, Dude, I ended up, it's a 12 month program. Right. I ended up doing 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I got to tell y'all something. There's this discipline, it's the harshest discipline at Team Challenge, and it's called the vest. The vest 
is uh, it's a it's a bright safety vest, mm-hmm. okay, and it's 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 used as the ultimate like the top form of discipline. So it's like a forced fast. I don't even know if this is ethical, but I don't <laughs> I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, at the time that I went, it's not like this anymore with the dietary things. I will just say that they took this away. But at the time that I was in there, if you got put on the vest vest uh, at dinner time, you were forced to eat vegetables you could have potatoes and peanut butter that was it uh, and terrible combination yeah so i mean you're they're basically forcing you to fast yeah you know you could also not talk and you worked from the time you got up to the time you got to the time you went to bed so you woke up at 5 a.m you went to work from eight to five you came home and then you worked you did all the dishes in the morning you did all the dishes at night but the, uh, so there's an element of that is, which is shame, which is probably not always the best motivator. But there's also part of that for anybody listening. You have to realize the type of people exactly. that Teen Challenge is dealing with. These are not your average addict who's at Teen Challenge is not someone who just, you know, struggles to quit smoking or, you know, has a caffeine addiction. These are pretty heavy users yes. and they've developed. Over years, and when we say teen challenge, it's like 18 and above, right? Like, yeah. There's, not there's act- adolescent centers, but this is an adult. Right. They and have a lot of centers. So these are guys, women too, at different centers who have been through a lot. And, and become master manipulators. Right. So you have to break through that. And sometimes it's very harsh. And sometimes there's a graceful part of teen challenge that is amazing. But there are times when that discipline which is a double-edged sword. There's discipline, which is when you're in trouble, and there's discipline and you're learning, right? Right, Like the, a discipline, like right. you're learning how to do things. And um, that's where that the heart of that comes from, which I'm glad that they've made some adjustments to it. But while it sounds harsh, you can it continue. Was, it on. was everything it I was needed. Everything. That's right. It was everything I needed. Um, you know, when you're forced, and that the whole premise behind you're not allowed to talk is you need to shut your mouth. Mm. Like what you think is right is not right. Mm. And the only person that you need to be talking to is God mm. because you're almost you're one step out the door. Yeah. That's the premise. Right, right, right. I <laughs> was on the vest so much during my program that I actually got the coin. And I, I say this lightly, but it's not funny, but it kind of is. My, my nickname was Brother Vest. <laughs> <laughs> I did a quarter of my program, 2.5 months now split up, right? You know, right I get a right. week here, a week there, but I added it all up and I did a quarter of my program on the vest. That's not a good token. That's not something to claim your claim. To right, fame. right, right, right. It's, it's somewhat funny, but also kind of sad. Yeah. But that just goes to show you how much had to come out of me. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, how much my mind and my values and all the things that I thought about this world, they had to be rewritten. Cause I remember when you graduated, you and I met at some like sandwich shop on I don't know, east side of town, north side of town, whatever that was. And uh, I remember sitting across from you and I, I had known you pretty well. And, you know, I, I wanted to start a relationship, you know, discipleship, mentorship kind of a relationship. But I just remember looking across the table going, thinking. He's not there yet. Not there yet. Like there's a disconnect. That's why I asked the question earlier about the salvation being like not real because sometimes those of us who are very hard headed 
and we and just enjoy sin. And I'll put myself in that category. Yeah. We just like it. It's just there's there's people who don't, and they're just like they see it and they reject it, and they're like, I don't want anything to do with that because I see the pain, the hurt, and all that stuff that comes with it. Um, like my wife is like that, right? And then there's people like you and me, maybe where it's like. Kind of like that, right? Yeah. It, it, it satisfies needs. It fills gaps in our hearts and all those things. So I'm going to try it. I'm enjoy it. Those of us like that, man, it's not an overnight process. Right. It is a, it's a, you call it a slow burn, but I, that's, you're breaking more than just sin. It's willpower. It's, um, mindset is so many different things right. that come into the breaking of a person to the point where i mean you, you'll get there but i just want to provide that context because man like we are hard-headed bro yeah like and i'm even to this day hard-headed and there's things that god's constantly breaking me of right and some people just don't get it it's like they don't understand why it takes us so many attempts and so why do we have to screw up so much it's because those bits God's going to give us over to our own devices until exactly. we're ready. So go ahead. I just want to provide that. Well, no, I mean, that's a great kind of catalyst for what I was going to say is like that. I have such a strong will mm -hmm. and God is so gracious that, you know, when you, when you get saved, you, I never realized like that God wanted a hundred percent of my heart. Like I never, you know, I, I, I had no context for what I was really getting into. That's right. That's right. Like, Hey, uh, no, I want your finances. No, I want what you watch on TV. I want your cell phone. I want right. how you talk to people. I want, and, and I had no context for how much he was going to require. When he says count me. the cost, he doesn't mean like the cost of you giving up. It's like, I'm telling you, you, you have to give everything. Right. So you better count that. Right. Right. And so then what he does is, okay, give me something. Give me something in life that he wants. Pride. Pride. Okay. Give me that. No, nah, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> Do it your way. Right. Then he graciously lets you go. And it, sometimes it takes a month, three months, three years. And he lets you do it your way mm -hmm. until you get to the end of your rope. That's right. And th so that's really my story is everything that he would, you know, nudge me about and say, you know, I remember uh, I, I used to be very harsh with my words. Mm -hmm. I'm good with words, right? So I used to be manipulative or take little jabs at people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he said, you got to cut that out. Mm. And I remember being at Teen Challenge as an intern. And, well, that's just the way Kyle is. Right. That's yep. just the mm -hmm. way. Good. And I would use that as an excuse. Mm -hmm. But that was unacceptable. No, it's not. You know, it's just like, I wonder if like he was like, okay, Paul, you can no. Right. It just doesn't work that way. And so he would let me do it my way. And then I would come to the end of my rope and I would turn back to him and I go, okay, I yeah. see. I'm going to try it your way. Yeah. And then I would try it his way. And then I'd realize how much more fulfilling it really is. So. Absolutely. Because repentance, man, like what we're, what we're talking about here is sanctification. And what we're talking about is into the rope like that. We, we, we phrase that's idiom, right? But we're really just saying we finally turned. Yeah. Like we looked at the thing, we counted the cost, we understand it's like our pride is broken. We see our our own will inside of that and we're like, okay, I cannot exist in this current path doing it this way. And so my only option here 
is to finally turn. Right. I finally got to a point where like these things would happen. And then I just turn, I turn to Jesus, I try it his way. And then I realize, like, bro, you are not going to play me. Right. Like, are you kidding me? You think yeah. I'm going to go down that path or, you know, whether it's like cheating or uh, pornography or whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever, maybe, you know, I'm like, dude, you ain't playing me with that. Right. I know where that's going to end. Like, I'm not that foolish little boy anymore. You can't do that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, try again. And he will. Yep. He'll come at me harder with something else. Typically, it's it's crazy because he always uses women and money, mm. yeah. women and money and pride. But yeah. those are like his go tos. He just gets really like the same uh, things that he used to use. He can't use once mm-hmm. you mature. And so then he covers it, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, kids going back to like and we'll, we'll, we'll transition to like w- your life when it comes to like when you finally decided to turn your life towards God and like leave behind all of this stuff. But I want to reference, go back for just a second to where I asked earlier about, you know, what was that little thing that like you had a good three months and then it was bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, you kind of talked about it because Satan, temptation, sin, whatever you want to call that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you in three months, baby Kyle Christian, just like kind of having an enlightenment, whatever you want to call that. Uh, he came and ate my lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you, you, though your foundation, you know, you, you you were saved. Let's just, you know, you you were you were there. Like your foundation was so weak yeah. because, you, you, like the littlest thing probably was going to send you over the cliff, right? right? Back to that whatever. But Kyle, now now, the things that you were tempted with, sin, to all those things that right. you just mentioned, those you're so even now you're stronger and you're so far removed. That's right. He couldn't even use those. That's right. So he's going to have to use something else, something it made the next temptation may be something completely out of left field. Right. That you were not expecting. And that happens. Yep. To this day that happens. So tell, so talk about that just a little bit. Like talk about you were at teen challenge. You were an intern. What, what point do you remember when it was like, okay, like was it a slow burn again of well, of turning away so, repenting? So let me let me talk about that because I from my experience I can't some people man they get saved and it's like boom, boom. Do, the road to Damascus everything <laughs> right, right right this is it I'm good uh, I I am Peter plus one like mm, it, right. but my thing is is okay I, I'll, I'll use Teen Challenge that was a, a lot of my life so a lot of my references come from there. Um, so they do this thing called praise and worship every night. Mm-hmm. Every single night they play 30 minutes of worship music. They dim the lights and you just have a time to mm-hmm. worship the Lord. I will say this, like, again, this, so at night, Kyle is worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was real to me when I'm praying for people, when I'm talking to brothers, when I'm, when I'm operating in the spirit, it's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. So at night, when I'm at the center, I'm praising the Lord with my hands raised, you know, crying. Right, like, right. Then the next morning, I'm driving around FSU gawking at women. Right. So, okay, how do you explain that contrast? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I come back to, man, no, I was absolutely saved in 2015. Mm-hmm. But he just had a long work to do. Mm-hmm. And he's faithful to completion. Like, I think about how much more I have to go. Mm-hmm. I really have so... I'm. Even in the past two years, I feel that God's done a magnificent work in my life. Brought me a wife that helped mature me, a good Christian woman that, you know, she she didn't force me, but it caused me to want to be better. Mm -hmm. And so 
all these things, man, I just see it as, again, God's asking for 100%. Yeah. And so that, like gawking at women, right? So right. driving around FSU or whatever, okay, at night, that's still real. Mm-hmm. You can't negate that. And so that's, anyways, as I became an intern, I eventually became staff, and I eventually became the program manager of Teen Challenge. Um, I had a lot of grace when it came to people mm-hmm. because I would see them be one way at night and another way during the day, during the right, day. Right. And, and people, other people would write them off, man, he's being a fake. He's being a phony. I'm like, no dude, he's just coming. He's like, Jesus is showing him that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and that's what I, so that's what I attributed it as. And that's what I would use. It's like, man, like, okay, then I was 50% Jesus. And then I realized, okay, no, my, my testimony matters. I have to start worrying about those people around me. And then I'm 60% and then I'm 70%. So then now, you know, now what does my day look like? Right. You know, now, okay, am I? And, and so that was one of the things that got really, you know, and I still am getting better at it, but man, I love that he's given me a character quality of consistent. Mm. I'm the same Kyle. That's I good. still struggle. I still have dark moments. I've just learned the value of accountability. I've learned mm. the value of putting up fences yeah. and blocks before the attack comes, yeah. being preemptive. Um, but, man, I'm consistent. Yeah. In the morning, I'm about Jesus. At During night. the day, right. at night, yeah. you know, you won't, by the grace of God, and if you ever do, smack me, but you won't hear me cuss. Mm. Nobody will. Maybe my wife. I might say the <laughs> S word once in a while. <laughs> but well, I really, and, and all that is, is discipline. Yeah, you know, does that word not right. pop into my mind sometimes? Yes, absolutely. But am I, uh, am I aware that my testimony matters no matter who I'm around? Whether it's you, whether it's somebody that's not in the faith, whether I'm in the business world, when other people are cussing, it's not okay for me to cuss. Yeah, It's just not who I am. I have to be about Jesus be, and, and so the only reason I learned that, man, is because um, the moment you're not, the enemy takes that one thing and uses it right uh, so badly and usually uses it to hurt other people. And so that's where it comes from. My motivation is it's not like I'm a, a goody two shoes and I want to be better, but it's actually for the sake of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want the enemy to go, OK, this guy is this way. But then I seen this one thing happen that makes him fake. That makes G- he must not really believe, you know, and then right. and then they discredit Jesus and the enemy uses that in their mind. And yeah, it's all right. Exactly. And I'm I'm, th- I'm, tr- I'm thinking here as you're talking, I'm like. What about the person who's listening and they're like, I don't feel those temptations, right? Like my whole entire life has been nothing but goody goody tissues. Like I've always got done the right thing. I don't cuss. I don't yeah. ever partied and all of that. And it's like, well, one, thank God for that, right? I don't know what kind of environment you grew up in to have that type of, I would die. I would do a lot of things to have that as my inner, my inner character, Absolutely. right? Because when you're talking about giving up a hundred percent to Jesus, like I, I, I think that we're never going to be a hundred percent. Like we, no, when Jesus returns and we go to heaven or he returns while we're alive and we, you know, new heavens and whole new earth, the whole thing, then we get a hundred percent. Right. But on this earth, we're, we're getting to the place where it's like we were 60%, 80%, 90. Well, those last 10%, that's tough. Right. 
that's what I mean to, 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 to make it into a bro uh, discussion. Like if you're working out or you're trying to lose weight, like the first 80 pounds or the first whatever is going to be, or you're trying easy. to get stronger, it's going to be easy. You try to hit that last 10, that last five, the last two, that's where things get really interesting Absolutely. because you're overturning and under like undercovering things that you didn't know exist. Like it's going to get harder because the things you're dealing with on a spiritual sense are things that are rooted deep. Like right. relationships with parents, past hurt, past unforgiveness, past, you know, whatever it may be that right. you're harboring, you know, judgment, whatever it may be. And so if you're a person listening to this and going, well, I've never, whatever, I'm, I'm always been 90% Jesus. Yeah. Then I would say to you, the same way you kind of just said, which is, well, that's not good enough. We should be pressing forward into those final percents to uncover that stuff that we've been, we've kept right. hidden. And praise the Lord for your parents. That's right. I mean, really, I, dude, I take, that's why I take this thing so serious is because I believe that God selected me to be the chain breaker mm. of my, of my lineage. Amen. You look at the Seacrest family, um, there is not one godly man in my family mm. and Dude, it is such an honor that he chose me, but do you know what it also has been? It's been so hard. Mm. It's been so hard to overturn. You know, I, I do believe in generational curses. I believe that you inherit so much from your parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like this double-edged sword because I'm so thankful that he chose me. But on the other hand, like, holy crap, like, I got to <laughs> deal with this. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. Couldn't it just be easier? But then I look at my... Um, I look at my son mm -hmm. and I look at my daughter and my lineage mm -hmm. will Your forever yeah. be changed. That's right. And by the grace of God, guess what? Caden, he's not going to have to deal with a lot of the stuff that I had to deal with right. because I was man enough and I was strong enough with his power to mm -hmm. overcome these things. Yeah. And so for those that are out there that have not had this same testimony, like yeah. praise the Lord for That's your right. parents. And that is what a godly household That's right. does. Because somebody down your line made the decision. That's right. They did the That's hard right. work. That's right. You didn't have to deal with it. That's right. And you're going to have your own struggles and you're going to have your own things, your own legacies, right. your own things. But yeah, and, that's true. And Good I point. would, I just feel led to add this because I feel like someone's going to hear this. Man, the thing that you're struggling with that you don't want to deal with, deal with it. Yeah. So that your kids don't have to. Mm. I don't know why I feel like maybe somebody, I don't know, maybe somebody's just been dealing with this one thing and they don't want to give it up. But if you don't, like that's going to carry on. Yeah. You know? Um, and when we don't deal with, we transfer to our children. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like... Like if you think that little Timmy's not going to have to deal right. with it, you're out of your mind. I feel so guilty as a parent because I didn't get control of my outburst and anger until my son was like six or seven. And it, it he... He's struggling with that now because he saw dad lose his temper on, you know, some project that I was working on and I get mad, start throwing, you know, whatever it right. was. And it was like my inability to like confront that and what we're talking about here and repent from that and start looking at myself and saying, why am I this way? This is not healthy. This is right. not good. This is not, you know, all X, Y, Z, um, affected my, my son. And so now I'm having to go backwards and try to, right work with my nine-year-old on on things that are now inherent inside of him right. that he learned from me because that was so not the way he was. Because now you have to model it That's even right. more. That's right. Yep. My wife is always telling me, you know, even when I, I'm not perfect, you know, he's watching. 
Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's, that's a somebody's hard, somebody's always watching. Somebody's always watching. And I'm better at modeling that in certain places, but at the house, it's the hardest, it's right? Because your family and your wife, they get to see the side of us that mm. not everybody gets to see. And I want you to talk about where God's leading you in the, right now, but we're good. Yeah, we're good time wise. Um, I want you to talk about that a little bit because your story didn't end with Teen Challenge, yeah. right? Like it didn't end with you being an intern. Talk about where you're at now, where God's leading you. You are only 30, right? right? And so you've gone a lot in the last two years. You're right. Like what I've seen God take you from two-year-old, two years, 28-year-old, let's put it that way, 28-year-old Kyle is not the, the same guy that's sitting across from me. So talk about that transition and where you feel God's leading you in the next however many years. Yeah. Um, you know, I, okay. So sorry, I was gathering my thoughts, but okay. So intern, um, and again, so I eventually became staff and then I eventually became program manager. Now the funny, the, the cool thing is when I was an intern, right at the end of that, I met this girl, Mm -hmm. um, her name was Brittany and anyways, God gave me a wife. I didn't know that the that's what was happening at the moment. It's, it's cool. We have an awesome story with that because she just randomly came to tour uh, teen challenge. She came with her boss right. and she just randomly comes to tour the facility and Here we go. your boy was the only <laughs> one on. So it was funny cause the front desk guy, he was like, dude, there's two hot chicks walking up. <laughs> Such a, cause teen so, challenge is a bunch of dudes. It's all dudes. That's right. Listen. And uh, so I'm like, hey, I got it. Let me take this. <laughs> Step aside. Uh, but it, it was cool, man. And I didn't think anything of it. And I'm just like, okay, well, she's in Panama City. I mean, yeah, she's cute, but how is that going to work? And, right. And, man, God just orchestrated it. So I ended up working. There was a client that needed to come, and I had to go to court on his behalf multiple times. So over the next four months, I made these necessary business trips to Panama City. And so every single time I met, it, it happened to be her boss's son. That was the client. Wow. And so her boss's son is who I'm going to court for. Well, we had lunch and and yada, yada, yada. I actually, it was pretty smooth. One day I was like, uh, we went out for coffee. Or we stopped by Starbucks and I said, I'll, uh, I'll buy you a coffee, but it'll cost you your number. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. It worked. It worked. And so, you know, um, and then we started courting and that was a beautiful thing too. Awesome testimony with that, with teen challenge, you know, you have to have approval from your leadership to date. Mm. They're all, they're involved in all the yeah. decisions and they want to make sure that you do it the right way. And Again, because of the type of person that they they're dealing with, yes. it's not a control. This is not like some people go, that sounds like it's a, it's a cult. You, you have to root the understand of that in the understanding of the type of person they're dealing with. Right. And that's why. So. Right. And, and I think that for anybody, even a normal person that wants to get into a serious relationship that's going to eventually lead to marriage, yeah. there's a way that God sets that up biblically. And it's not possible without a community. And it's not possible right. yeah. without accountability. Mm, that's um, good. So uh, we actually... I say courted, but you know, we dated 
I don't know which term to use better, but you, like I think courted means like you had like somebody with you at all yeah, times. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we dated, but we had very strong parameters, strong boundaries. That's you know, right. I left at a certain time. We weren't never alone at a home by ourselves. Like we had these things, and it was awesome, man, because what it built was trust mm. and it built respect. And so on the day of marriage, it was beautiful because when you don't have uh, when you don't have these physical tendencies that are clouding mm. your judgment, you actually get to deal with real issues. Uh-huh. So like when she would tick me off, I didn't have anything holding me back. I can tell you how I really feel because, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. it was just beautiful, man. So we get married. Um, and like I said, man, God used her in a mighty way to mature me. Mm. Um, I actually was an intern when we started dating. I became staff. And then after we got married, I became the program manager. And so that's what I did. Uh, my entire life was Teen Challenge. Um, that's what I was involved in. I love that ministry. Um, and then up until just recently, actually, in October, that season of life came to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've opened my own business. Yeah. So I recently uh, opened Seacrest Home Improvement. And nice little plug. Yeah. Same Call me. shameless self-promotion as I yeah. Well, it's a beautiful thing because I did I did a lot of side work for years, mm-hmm. and it, it it's awesome when you don't know that you're good at something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God, like over the years, He showed me like, hey man, you're actually kind of good at this stuff. Yeah, you knocked out you you painted my house and Sean's house, and like you did a bang up job. Like, it looks I, appreciate you, that. I mean, it looks really good compared to what it was before. And and all glory to God. But that's the thing. Like I never in a million years like okay go back to my childhood. Yeah. No. No dad, mm-hmm. no uh, nobody that owned a business, nobody to lead me or guide me or whatever, but God with him, like you can, and that, that so that's the main thing that, that is, we talked about like, okay, what does your testimony really say? And I just, I just want to say this part. Um, you look at the transition of who I was, what I was born into, mm-hmm. um, with God, when God encounters us, it's not like all these mar- amazing blessings just pour out. You're going to be rich. You're going to be all these things. That's that's not the gospel. But what he did do for me mm-hmm. is I went from being a victim to a victor. That's good. He gave me an opportunity. This is the thing. When all the, the scales came off, hey, Kyle, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's nobody else. That's right. It's your decisions that led you here. And so the creator of the universe gives me an opportunity to co-create with him. That's good. And so it, it is, man. It's a beautiful thing. And he says, Kyle, like if you will submit your life to me and you will humbly admit that you're the problem, mm. I will show you a better way and I'll empower you by my grace. Mm. That's how you know you're saved, man. When you can actually overcome sin, yeah. like when that's actually possible, it's just a beautiful thing. And so all these things I'm talking about, the wife, the business, all these things that he gave me, I just attribute to the fact that I submitted my life to something higher. Mm. And I submitted, you know, I would read this thing called the Bible and I'd say, right. okay, I don't, God, I'm being honest. I when I read that, that's not how I feel. <laughs> right. I don't get that part. I don't get that part. <laughs> I don't want to do it that way. Right. But guess what? You've been faithful in every other thing that you've told me to do. Right. You've shown yourself. You've never told me a lie. You've mm-hmm. never led me wrong. Okay. So when it says, 
you should be sexually pure before you get married. Right. Okay. What the heck does that look like? How am I going to do that? Because here's the thing. Like, I believe you, you were faithful enough to pull me through my addiction. You led me through teen challenge. You led. So no, we were talking about that before we started about what it looks like on the backside of what we're talking about. Like when you get to that 80, 90% and you can look back and you see all the restoration and the things God's done. And you look at it and you're like, man, I don't deserve to have the wife and the family and all the things. And you're talking about all the contacts, the way your business has been growing. And I was thinking about two things. Um, we had a, you and I had a conversation when you were painting my house, you would come out you, you were working on Saturdays and Sundays. You mm-hmm. come out, you know, to get that done because you were also working. Grinded. Yeah, yeah. I remember having a conversation with you, and I, and I just, I don't know, I was working in the yard, and I just turned to you, and I was like, look, man, you're going to do, like, I don't, I don't remember why I said it. I just felt the leading to tell you this. And I remember after I told you, you kind of got in a bad mood because I think it bummed you a little bit. But what I basically said was you're going to have to do these things until you can do what you want to do. Right. Like this season of your life where you're having to work at teen challenge, but also hustle right on the side. Yeah. Like it's just a moment in your life. You're going to transition out of this and you're going to have an opportunity to do the thing you really want to do. Yeah. And it's so cool. A year after that, basically, I think you did my house about a year about ago. A year ago yeah. You know, you're in the middle of the pastoral candidacy process, literally in the middle of that. You left teen challenge because that was one of the things that, I knew needed to happen in your life because it was like you were being pulled in two different mm-hmm. ways. Now you're being, you know, you're not all red Hills, but I mean, I think you're all in on the pastoral process right. that you're going through. Um, and so I think that's just an amazing turn in a very short amount of time. And it's the way the spirit works. Cause he doesn't in his timing when you right. probably wanted to quit. It's like, Nope, you got to go until you got to be faithful. That's right. Um, and so the other side of that coin, which is, when we look back on our life and we can see all the, the what we call blessings of God's goodness, and I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was good we were talking about before, which is we had this tendency to think that God's given me these things because I turned to him. And these are the benefits of being a Christian is like the blessings, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think what's important to, to bring here is in my life, your life, if you look at anybody's life who struggled for a really long season of life and then they turned to Christ and then maybe it was some ups and downs along the way. Um, it's amazing when people finally get that head screwed on, right? And they start making the right decisions. Right. Um, how quickly life can turn for the right. right. And good, bad decisions, like those are tough to always know what's the right decision. But when you approach a fork in the road with with some wisdom and some grace and you seek counsel and you start making the right decisions. Yes. Is that a blessing? Absolutely. We talked about that, but I think it's grace. Yeah, man. It gives you grace. That's right. That's right. And you start making more and more right decisions for your life, for your family, for the right reasons. It's, it's like amazing how quickly life can just go from, but a nothingness lost. I'm, I'm to have no direction in life. It's like, wow, purpose, purpose driven. driven. That's all of those things. Right. right? And yes, that's blessings from God, but it's like an ancillary blessing. It's not like, oh, well, now he's a Christian. So now I'm going to give him things. Right. You've been walking on this ladder and the whole time. He's like, hey, man, there's an escalator right over here. (laughs) 
if you want <laughs> right. to, you can, uh, <laughs> right, right. You can keep climbing that single rung ladder or you can hop on this escalator. That's right. That's right. Um, that's absolutely true. And I think, I think that's a good analogy. Great analogy. Perfect. I'm going to save that one. Uh, for your life. I think you yeah, had man. struggled with the, the walking up a ladder and it was like, man, there's an easier way to do this. It doesn't mean that easier means how, how can we put this? Cause it, oh, oh but, dude, it's not easy. Right. Right. I mean, uh, it's it's a the it's, path is narrow. Golly, it's narrow. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's easy. It's like you know, take it's, your it's yoke weird. upon. It's, it's hard to explain. I right. get what you're saying, but yeah, it's like it's hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. That's but right. It's the easiest path. That's right. Yep. And you, you you take your burdens and you put them on him. Right. And that makes you light. Right. Right. And so. The freedom, that's the abundant life that, that we get mixed up. That's the prosperity gospel has destroyed, which is the abundant life that we're seeking is, oh, well, if I turn to Christ, I'm going to get the good job. I'm going to get the wife. I'm going to get the husband. I'm going to get the kids. I'm going to get all this stuff. Um, when in reality, the abundant life is freedom. It's the freedom. It's the escalator type, you know, type mindset. Right. Um, and we're not talking about the the four-door SUV, right? <laughs> um, but anyways, um, Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, man. It's uh, It's been fun to get to know you. You're one of the few people at the church that I can sit down and have a conversation about macros with. Yeah. And you and I think you, me, and Raphael. You that 40% protein. That's right, that's right, bro. Uh, I, you know, there's, there's not too many people at the church that I get to have that conversation with, and it's enjoyable. Um, but beyond that, it's such. It's been um, amazing to watch your growth. Thank you. To watch you come from that, like see that that kid sitting. I call him a kid, but that boy you would call him probably sitting in those yeah. that seat, struggling with what you were struggling with, to wrestle with that, and to come out on the other side who you are today. You're not even the same person. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, there's still elements there, right? I mean, joke about it. Like, you know, the, what did you call yourself? The red vest? What was that? Your brother vest. Right, brother vest. There's some of that stuff that you're still having to put to death and you're still yeah. having to walk through. And that's, dude, that's just everybody in life. But um, to see what you've taken a hold of uh, and walked through, man, it's, uh, it's amazing. And it's a God thing because I know you couldn't have done it by yourself. Yeah. So... Well, I really appreciate that. And it is, it's a beautiful story how, you know, God placed you in my life and how, um, placed you placed Marshall. Like, it's just crazy how he interwove these things. And then I was never able to have a home church Mm. because of teen challenge and doing rallies every Sunday. And then this little thing called COVID. That's right. Yeah. Changed so much. It changed so much. and, And it, the moment it opened a door, and I was able to, you know, have a home church. It, it's just a beautiful thing. And so yeah. when Brittany and I came to Red Hills, we just knew. Yeah. And so that's where we're planted. I, I love Red Hills. I love our community, man. There's no church like it, in my opinion. I know mm. that's a little biased, but there's just no church like it right now. And I think that we're going to look back on this time and really cherish, like, man, mm. this was a move of God. That's right. This was special. Yeah. So I appreciate um, everyone listening out there. Thank you for letting me share my story and, um, you know, follow up with me. If you see me at church, say hello. Let's talk. If you ever yeah. need help, um, I love to talk about any of these things um, that you might be struggling with or that you overcame. If you have any tips, please mm. tell me. 
Um, right? Because we're still young men, man. There's some guys yeah. in our church that's got some wisdom that I would, even though we're, I'm, a, I'm an associate pastor, you're a pastoral candidate, and there's a kind of a, sometimes can be a weird relationship between us and like, you know, some average person comes to our church. Well, I say average person. I mean, well, I don't mean, you know what I mean? I know um, a parishioner. Right. I, I still need guidance, man. I still need my life. I have to, I need guys to pour right. into my life just as much as I need to pour you into others. You can learn so. something from anybody. That's right. That's absolutely true. 60 or 20. That's right. Which I don't know about these Gen Y's and Gen Z. <laughs> that's another, that's a, that one we don't have enough time <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so that's a big like a side right. side story. Oh, that's a great idea. Red Hill side stories. Side um, story. Side story. Um, anyways. Right. Thank you for having me on. Love you, brother. 